Good morning, everyone. A little uh, coffee ASMR leading off the show. Welcome to another great episode of Maker That Money, live here on the YouTube's 9 a.m. Pacific, just about every Friday. We are the podcast that talks about turning your hobby into your jobby. I am your host, Pooch of RepCord, and with me, as always, my partner in crime, Mr. Andrew Mayhall of 3D Gloop, <laughs> king of the Empire of Sticky. Good morning, Andrew. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I am fantastic. Thank you so much for asking. Very courteous. It's and again. <laughs> it is Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. And we are in the presence of greatness this morning. We have a Mr. Sean Charlesworth of Charlesworth Dynamics with us. Wow. Sean, thank you so much yeah. for joining us. It is an honor to have you, my friend. You are truly a jack of all trades, a maker uh, to the core. Uh, and I'm going to give you the opportunity instead of me trying to lead in and all this stuff, because the, the list is just long and distinguished of all the things you've worked on and done. So what is your elevator pitch when you, when people say, who are you? What do you do? What um, do you tell I'm them? A, I'm a fabricator and a 3d designer, 3d printer. Um, I have a film background, went to film school, uh, figured out I hated production. <laughs> very quickly <laughs> uh went behind the scenes and i worked at nyu for about 12 years as the repair tech for their all their equipment um and while there i went to grad school for 3d animation and took a summer one-off course this is like 2012 okay uh no 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 this is earlier because this is like 2010 yeah and i took a one-off 3d printing course during the summer and i was like this is magic <laughs> and i somehow convinced them to let me do a 3d printing thesis uh it, which is typically when you're in like delivering animation and movie title kind of stuff yeah and um then i so i've been doing 3d printing ever since um so that's like the early days like you know early days wow. of 3d printer village at the maker fair and stuff like that yeah and um so you're published. And then I, I, so I, I, let me, sh I'll show you what I built. It was this guy, this octopus. Yeah. So that's very early. That's an object print, uh, object multi-material print from the early days. And uh, I, I entered that into Adam Savage's inventor competition that they had on tested.com. Right. Early days of Adam's involvement on tested. I won that. My wife and I moved to San Francisco, not because of tested, just because like, oh, it seems like I made some connections there. Okay. I started working with tested and then that led to working with Tippett Studio, which Tippett Studio does, um, you know, Phil Tippett was the animator and creator for a lot of original Star Wars stuff. Uh, he animated the AD-ATS. Yeah. Created Tauntaun, Rancor, wow. stuff like that. They're here in this Bay Area and I've ended up building stop motion puppets for mandalorian and boba uh, book of boba fett which never would have dreamed of in a bazillion years that would happen um that's and, awesome um, during that time i've been running an etsy shop as well because it's um just add a little more projects, we did a ghost trap <laughs> yeah right yeah so we did a, a ghost trap on tested and uh we really i released the files and like a how to like build it yourself thing yeah 3d print it so i made it you could all 3d print it and i started getting a lot of people asking like well there's a hardware list but like where do you get all this stuff right and i was like i was answering email after email after email mm -hmm. and I was like, quickly it's like you know you can't go to the home depot and pick all this stuff up 
Yeah. And mm-hmm. and I was like, well, maybe I could like, I know where to get this stuff, and so maybe I could like offer them. So I started selling hardware kits for the free files, and then it just kind of ballooned from there. So <laughs> awesome! Like since like 2016, I've been doing the Etsy shop amazing and we're gonna get more into that in a moment but uh that that was an excellent intro man and uh, it's more like we should ask you like what don't you do given all the things that you've experienced just in like this period of time and i'd also like to say and this is just encouragement to people out there yeah i have only been like actively building and doing this stuff for like the last 10 12 years okay i always liked projects and piddling like you know messing around stuff mm-hmm. i wasn't really like i'd build lego kits and like some model kits and stuff like that and then and then i just started i i know what it was i had the it was at nyu and it was that end of the year budget thing where it's like you got to blow like this use amount it, of dollars use it or lose it. it in two days yeah right and so i'm like going through mcmaster car like well, what can i get what can you get uh, right. and i bought a milling machine nice <laughs> like just like a super like a glorified drill press kind of milling machine. Right. Never used one. Right. And then I quickly oh, I realized that all the expenses in buying all the accessories. Yeah. Exactly. And then I felt guilty, <laughs> and I'm like, I need, I gotta learn how to use this thing, or like, it's just gonna sit there. So I, I built a stormtrooper blaster out of like <laughs> light poles and C stands and camera junk. Yeah. And um, and that's that's really the third the thing that got me started on actually building things and so like i i personally feel like i've been playing catch up for the last 10 years because i haven't been uh, i I (laughs) kind of later than i wanted to 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 like seriously build stuff so that's just like encouragement to anybody out there it's like don't don't think it's ever too late you know it's never too Um, late yeah because it, it it's not and it's been a crazy ride since then so Man, do I feel that? So everybody in the chat, raise your hand if you've ever bought a piece of equipment, just like Sean had mentioned as a, as a maker here, and then said, okay, I guess I better figure out how to either monetize this thing or get good use out. I mean, that is such the like, I, I've done that. The guilt for buying it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yep. I feel that so much. Andrew, you've done that, haven't you? Or like, Oh, absolutely. You kind of buy, you buy the tool first and then you find the project for it is, and that's so yeah. like, that's so maker, but it's like, well, you know what? It's a good thing to have, right? A good investment to make and, and look at where it got you, man. It like, it set you on a path, you know, that's, yeah. that's incredible. Uh, never. I, I wish I could go back to myself right after college when I was living at home and uh, being horribly sad about my situation. <laughs> Like, yeah, because I, I, I originally started in computer engineering and I changed the film. And I remember right after college, I'm living at home and I looked up jobs at ILM and it's like computer science, computer science, computer engineering. I'm like, oh, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> so like I, it kind of came, it took me a while, but I, I got, I kind of got to where I was going. I just roundabout way. Circuitous so. path. Hey, if uh, it makes you feel any better, I had like three different majors. I think it's ridiculous that schools make you like declare a major when you're going in. Cause like I'm 18. It, it's like, nobody knows no, really what they're going to do, yeah, you don't know what, <laughs> but you got to start somewhere, I guess. Right. So nah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And that's, that's tough. And I, and like, I'm very hands-on, like I don't learn well from reading a book. Right. I need to have it in my hands. And, mm, yeah. and I was at Penn state, big engineering school. And there's very different, like the associate degree was all hands-on bachelor's degree was very like book driven and they really didn't want you like, oh, associate's degree, that's like Votech. 
Yeah. And I should have been in the associates program. I would have thrived <laughs> there. And hindsight, 2020, whatever. Yeah, but yeah well, never too late. You know, a lot of people still do school and stuff. Uh, Mike in the in the chat mentions, aren't we here how to learn to monetize all the toys? It's certainly something uh, that we do talk about from time to time. Yeah. Um, I'm not a big fan of, you know, I, I well, let's let's reframe it this way. In uh, more refined pooch would advocate for having the plan first nowadays. Uh, uh, <laughs> as a, if you're looking to set up a sustainable, successful business, obviously a little organization, mm -hmm. a little planning, and stuff like that will probably be a less perilous path. But there is no one right way, and as we always disclaim, we are still trying to figure it out ourselves yeah, absolutely so, so uh you know your path may be totally different um okay so today's theme guys is not reinventing the wheel okay and i think that means a number of different things to makers i po i posed the question in twitter mm -hmm. earlier on twitter earlier why is it I'm, i want to i want to lead off with this question actually hold on a second I'm, we're not doing our housekeeping properly. First, we have to do our wins for the week, and then I will ask you guys my question, okay? So for those of you who are new to the podcast and joining us, we like to be positive and harness that good energy and all that stuff, and so we like to share something great that happened to us this week, and we're going to put Sean on the spot as well, so he's been oh, thinking. Man. I think he's been thinking. He's got so many great things happening. It's not going to be hard for him, mm. but I'll, I'll let you go second, Sean. Andrew, you get to go first. And okay. <laughs> tell us about the amazing wave of gloop that's been busting through the windows and out the doors and stuff this week. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, things things here at Gloop have been great. Uh, I can't be, you know, thankful enough for this amazing community to allow us to grow and do this this sort of stuff. Um, you know, big win for this week. Uh, you know, it fits so perfectly in with this episode. Uh, as a as a small business that was bootstrapped, you know, we always had to kind of hack or come up with a solution on our own reinvent that wheel if you will instead of going out and buying a big industrial piece of equipment because <laughs> chemical manufacturing and process engineering all of those things are very expensive sure um <laughs> so you know this uh this week we actually pulled the trigger on uh doing some uh, much needed maintenance and improvements on some mission critical you know uh industrial equipment oh, um, nice. basically paying a lot of money for what seems to be slightly overpriced you know normal things but um you know manufacturing chemicals and adhesives it's yeah, you know there's safety concerns that sort of stuff so uh, thankfully it's yeah. uh it's it's really good it's, it was a good feeling to actually be able to buy an official piece of equipment instead of trying to figure out oh hey you know <laughs> that, that's awesome like how can we make this in house right yeah the getting getting well, away from the drink buying tools is never bad uh, yeah. that's always a win so, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. exactly <laughs> all right sean you're up what's what was a great thing that happened or good thing uh, I, this has been like a really stressful week uh working on a project um and it, it requires a lot of engineering and 3D printing work. And okay. I didn't think there was any way I was going to make this deadline by today. And it, oh. all, even with failed prints and, and last minute changes, it, 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 it somehow managed to work out. And like, that's just like, I'm going into the weekend. Like, I still have to work on it over the weekend, but I'm still like, whew. And like, I feel a little, I feel a lot more, um, uh, relaxed than i have all week so oh, I, man, I, I that, that 
win. That is a that is That's a huge awesome. win, man. It's such a good feeling because you know sometimes we go into these things just not quite sure. I, I think the tendency to like underestimate how long things are gonna take and oh, all that. Yes. It's just yeah. it's so common. It's so common. Uh, uh, for me, I'm gonna go with uh, we got a new revision of one of our uh, storage boxes, the turntable product we're working on. We got that uh, finishing out the door and unlaunched nice. and did a little. The little marketing campaign, a little e-blast on that. And, you know, just kind of stepping forward. Nothing revolutionary, but uh, getting out there, getting some good feedback awesome. on it and stuff like that. So I'll just take that as my win. Uh, and that's 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 easy. Um, what, you guys in the chat, obviously, please feel free to share your wins. And I'll go back through in a little bit. And maybe we'll highlight some of your chats in here if you want. Uh as always, like we say, if you want to feed us some questions, uh, we will try to keep an eye on that. I can't promise that we'll get to everything. Uh, we do also have the Maker That Money hotline available. We will do the best uh, we can to take calls uh, as we have time as well, too. We're going to respect Sean's hour as best as possible we can here today because we got a lot to talk about. I'm flexible, so we do what you need to do. Well, but you got your big printing project, and you got to work over the weekend. I mean, we can't take too much of your time, but thank you for your flexibility. <laughs> Um, and, and he's, he's powering through the coffee now really quick. We were talking ahead of the show too. You're, you're kind of a late night maker, huh? You're a night owl. Like that's when you do your, your big work. I am. I, I, I work best when I'm like, get up at 10 and then work until, you know, work until two in yeah. the morning. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to break that because that does put me at odds with like normal people's schedules, including my wife, you know, yeah, well, so, that that's you know, important. I, she's like, it's time for dinner, and I'm still here at seven, eight o'clock working. I'm like, my workday's not done. Like it's um, lunchtime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's the best I ever operated was when I worked from four to midnight at Kinko's, <laughs> and then stay <laughs> up to like four and get up at noon. Uh, that that's like that's great for me. But um, I've been trying to get better about getting a little more normal, especially when I got to work with like tip it and stuff is is regular work hours yeah. so i gotta try to, to get on a better schedule but it doesn't that's work. tough normal normal's <laughs> kind of boring i don't know that's another great survey i would love to see actually a more formal survey of like how many makers i i feel like makers tend to skew night owl but maybe yeah. that's just mm -hmm. i don't know i i would say at different points in my life i've gone both ways uh, i'm more like you know, when you get a little bit older and you have kids and other schedules and stuff like that, I, I started skewing like really early. So now I'm on the other end of the spectrum. So it's like, you never know. <laughs> it happens. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. But back to the, again, we love to digress here. Uh, and you feel free to tell us in the chat if you're a night owl or a morning person uh, or both or neither. Um, we're talking today about not reinventing the wheel. So my question for you guys and the question that I posed to Twitter earlier uh, this week was, why as makers do you suppose we have a tendency to overly complicate and reinvent the wheel all the time? Is it, is it because we just want to do all the things? Is it because we're not stopping to think of better ways? Is it because like we think that that means better quality? What do you guys think? Sean, what do you think that's all about? Uh, well, I, I totally get it. I do it all the time. I think part of it's just like the satisfaction of like working out the problem yourself yeah. and like looking at your own. Yeah. And uh, and and always the idea is like I could I could do it better. And like mm -hmm. and then you're like, nope, nope, I can't. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> I think it, I just think it's all those things. It's it's like it's like sometimes you like legit see a better like I I think I could actually do make the wheel better. Um, and yeah. sometimes you you never know you you figure something out. And then I, I but a lot of it I think is just like making it your own or uh uh make, making it personal. I think for like as far as like the maker community goes, because like right yeah. now you can go on like Thingiverse or anything and find like just about any gizmo gadget prop replica mm -hmm. a lot of times i'm like that's pretty good but like i think i i, I like not necessarily i could do better but like i want to make it my own i want to do my own thing and so like i won't print that easily printable thing of <laughs> thing and i will reinvent the wheel yep and, and do it myself and sometimes to your detriment. Sure, I think that's a common thing. I've done the same thing, mm -hmm. Andrew. What what do you what are your thoughts and feels on this? You know, I think it comes back to this. I, I call the I call this term maker normalization. I think this this is a a concept that makers will oversimplify problems. And they'll just be like, oh, hey, I know I can do this or right. whatever. And and then th they become overconfident in what they're, you know, trying to accomplish. Yeah. Um, and in many cases, what ends up happening is, is they get into it and it, it costs them way more money or way more time <laughs> than if they would have actually went out and bought something off the shelf. But as a maker, it's like, well, I'm all, you know, like I know how to do all of these things. And yeah. You know, it's like when, when all you have is a hammer, everything becomes everything a nail, becomes right? A and nail. it's like, okay, yeah. I'm going to go and, and do it this way because that's all I know how to do it. And so I, I think it's like this normalization process that we all go through. And it's like, oh, well, I'll just do it myself before yeah. actually looking yeah. into it and actually thinking through and applying any critical thinking to it. Yeah, <laughs> We're seeing a number of people uh, in the chat saying the same uh, thing. Mitch brings up a good point. Mitch3D says, uh, because he's broke and he spends more money and time building something he could buy pre-assembled with support. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, so you were just talking about that uh, as your win, even that we, we don't always have the luxury of having the funds to mm -hmm. actually buy the right tool for the job oftentimes. Yeah. So yeah. so there's that. Mm -hmm. um, and there's, there's honestly, it, to, to me, this is such an embodiment of the maker spirit because it, the journey is half the fun a lot of the time, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, even if we are reinventing Absolutely. the wheel, like the attempt to do so, and if we come to the conclusion that it was like, a waste of time or whatever, but it's like, that, that's what we live for a lot of the time anyway. So is there, mm -hmm. there's value in that still, right? That's yeah. my feeling. And, and I think some of it, like you, you were saying is, is uh, sometimes it's reinventing the wheel because of the, the tools that you know. Right. And like mm -hmm. a great example, I, the, I worked uh, at NYU, I worked above a program that was like, it combined like art and uh, electronics and programming. Okay. And all mm. and one day the kids were freaking out because the 3D printer was down and he couldn't print his part. And he shows the professor, it's literally like a square plate with a hole in, in it. <laughs> and, and he goes like, just grab the plate of, like, just, just do drill that press. on the jigsaw and yeah, drill yeah. press. He's yeah. like, I don't know how to use those. And so like, yeah. but, so, so sometimes I think just reinventing the wheel is you're reinventing it in terms of what you're familiar with and how you know how to do it. That's exactly right. And we yeah. see that with 3D printing all the time because it is such mm -hmm. an accessible tool yeah. that you can throw so many things at, right? So it's, it's interesting, but it, I was a, I was a web developer for 
15 years before this. And I, I can't tell you how many arguments I would get over, like working with other programmers, software developers, all this stuff where they'd be like, this is the right, we need to use Java for this, or we need to use, you know, COBOL or what COBOL, not COBOL, but, uh, oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, de- old school, like, right. Fortress. Yeah. We, yeah, we bust up it. Uh, Python or something like that. And, and there'd be like all this argument over it. And really what that was, was just like people like kind of expressing like their comfort zone. A lot of the time it's like, they just wanted to advocate for mm-hmm. the tool that they knew. Right. It's yeah, not to yeah. say that there's any one right or wrong tool. It's just what the familiarity. So I understand that we do that as well. It's like, hey, I've got a drill press or I've got a jigsaw. Or I've mm-hmm. got a 3D printer like I'm going to use those tools. So maybe that's part of the answer as well. Like you were just saying, Sean. Um, mm-hmm. OK, so let's take this into entrepreneurship now, because mm. this is this is one of these like you do this at your own peril when this becomes your livelihood. And, you you know, you don't always have the luxury of time or the money or resources to just aimlessly work on all these little digressions or reinventions of the wheel all the time. Right. So, yeah. Sean, you mentioned that you you run a pretty. Uh, if you guys haven't seen it, by the way, the links to Sean's Etsy sh- uh, shop are in the description as well as his uh, project website and stuff like that. Please go check it out. He has got a ton of interesting stuff on there. But my question to you is, as a entrepreneur, as you've started getting into like sale of product and all that stuff, what yeah. have you learned about, you know? taking this make like maybe resisting the maker mentality and trying to find components that are either easier to source or easier to make, or, you know, yeah, not yeah. going down this path. Um, well, I should preface this first by saying I had no intention of like running a shop <laughs> that like I could, like, if I didn't live in the Bay area, I could almost live off of it. Um, yeah. I just, I kind of, so I, we were talking about the ghost trap. Um, so I designed this ghost trap um, for, uh, it was a tested project yeah. they, uh, sponsored by Dremel. And they just wanted us to make something cool that uh, with their printer. And so I decided to do a ghost trap. I teamed with our buddy, Jeremy Williams from Tested, who, who's really good with electronics. And I was like, can you make this work? Yeah. So I figured out the mechanics. And hold it, hold it up. Show us, oh, show us yeah, what yeah, you were I'm talking about. It. Yeah, yeah. So for those yeah, okay. watching on YouTube, yeah. This, yeah. This thing is legit, guys. I got to see this. You can even hear it. it there's smoke coming out. I'm, I'm going to describe because we are at podcast as well. Uh, full, like, electronics package, uh, smoke coming out of the thing. I mean, it looks yeah. like. I, awesome. I feel like he so, just released a soul into the universe when he opened uh, that thing. So I designed it that you could completely 3D print it. But I also designed everything around the real, the real world components. So like if you wanted to swap out as many real things to make it as movie mm-hmm, accurate, mm-hmm, you could mm-hmm. do that. Or you could 3D print everything except for the fasteners. Yeah. So I released the files for free. They're on Thingiverse. And I, I like wrote up little how-to guides and I provided a hardware list. And what I very quickly realized was that it was very difficult. To, it's all socket head screws and stuff like that. You can't go out to Home Depot <laughs> yeah. and just pick these up. Yeah. Maybe yeah. if you have like a fasten all around. Um, but even then I found some of them are obscure enough. So mm-hmm. I started putting, the, I was like, well, maybe I could offer hardware kits. So I started mm-hmm. putting together nuts and bolt kits. My wife and I watching a movie and sorting screws. Like, <laughs> Oh man. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and, and so I started offering those and they were selling really well. And then I start getting more and more questions. Yep. So I started adding, I was like, oh, I guess that 
I, you know, I, I think about how much time I spent tracking all this stuff down and it's difficult. Um, and so I started offering the kits yeah. uh, on the shop and it just kind of took off for there. I will also say I, I do have a built-in advantage because I am on tested. A lot of times the projects that, that we're showing my, my shop gets mentioned or whatever. So I have, I, I have an advantage over other people in that way. And I realize mm. that. Um, but let me pause on that for a second, because we've talked about yeah, this in the mm -hmm. past with Clayton, Uncle Jesse and all that stuff, too. And the, and the importance of, of <clears throat> sales and marketing It that, that the, mm -hmm. we run into that field of field of dreams syndrome a lot of times where amazingly talented products and stuff that are out there. But rarely do you have a sales problem. You have like an awareness problem. Right. And so mm -hmm, a yes. lot of times, like like finding ways to get your stuff featured. And that's why influencer marketing is so important. We talk about the value mm -hmm. of, you know, using social media, using other uh, makers and stuff. You yeah. are part of an actual niche of a niche in the maker community, in the Ghostbusters prop building community, which is right. actually mm -hmm. fairly robust. I mean, I've, we, I kind of came to you, uh, um, you know, through uh, like Punish Props and Ben Eady and like a lot of yeah. those guys are building yeah. proton packs, uh, Chris Mandelena. Like I, there's a number of people that in the maker community that are super into these really movie realistic Ghostbuster props and stuff like that. And your your trap obviously being featured on Tested was huge, but the, the community is well aware of your work and that. And I love yeah. hearing about the evolution and your story that is so common to all of us where it's like, I kind of fell into mm -hmm. entrepreneurship in a way. Like I wasn't planning to, you know, <laughs> yeah. start a store. Um, uh, yeah. It's so, a good story. Uh, so I think, so like, okay, let's let, remind me of what, what, what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Not reinventing the wheel. So you started with a 3d printable version and then over time yeah. you've started to source yeah. other components and I've oh, seen and, some and, of these. And deciding what to have in the shop and stuff like yeah. that. So what I very mm -hmm. quickly realized that, 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 um, offering, like I get often asked like, Oh, do you build fully built kit, uh, fully built traps? Mm. Yep. And I did that for a little bit. And it's not sustainable for one person working out of their spare bedroom. Um, sure, it, sure. It's too much work. And I find that that a lot of people that I see who are offering stuff like that are undervaluing their time and skills um, and effort like yeah. greatly. Yeah. I find it's a, mm -hmm. a general problem in 3D printed stuff in general. Well, they're, in, not in valuing, they're not calculating like how much time am I spending on this? like how much electricity is all these machines running, like all that kind of stuff. Sure. And so I very quickly nixed, like I do not offer uh, built kits. Plus, I hate to say this too, because I am part of the community, but the prop community has a very wide, like there's the, the I bought a Spirit Halloween ghost trap and I'm perfectly happy with it as is. Yeah. There's the I bought a Spirit Halloween trap and I want to make it look better yep. than it is, like it has potential. There's the mm -hmm. I want every nut and bolt from 1984 uh, down, you know, like <laughs> like actually used like, in the like, movie. Yeah. Yeah. So there's <laughs> a wide there's a wide range there. And what I found was that selling fully built traps. You got it. You got into a danger where some people are thrilled with it, and then you get people like, "This isn't accurate enough," and then you just get into arguments. And like, I just, yeah. I'm not, I, I'm very much like Adam, where I, I do like things being accurate. I do appreciate that, but like, I'm more interested in does it feel right to me? And does it capture the spirit of the thing? So I'm a little loose with 
that stuff, That's which some people don't like. Sure. So I felt the kit, the kit thing was uh, more sustainable because it catered to all of those people for the most part. And it was easier to do. I could, you know, you just, I mean, it's a lot of work counting screws and putting all that stuff together, uh, but it yeah. was a lot easier than building full traps and offering them like that. So that's, sure. That's a that, fantastic that's kind of point. I went to. Like, and like, and I'm also coming from the DIY maker thing where like, yeah. it is fun to build a ghost trap. Like, like you don't want to build a fully built one, like build one yourself. It's so much more fun. Right. And I realize that's intimidating to people. Right. So all the, one of the things that I tried to do that not everybody does is I try to write guides for everything, like full pictures, step-by-step. Step, this is how you do it. It's written for the layman <laughs> because I, I remember growing up <laughs> buying like build your own robot books. And it's like, Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And you get it. And it's like, and it's like, buy all these obscure things without the internet. And, and <laughs> yeah. Radio Jack has it. And you're like, and it was just a book of disappointment. Uh, <laughs> like, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like this isn't obtainable at all, and I I I hated that so much, and so I try to approach the kits that I'm offering like you can do this. The, 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 all the documentation's here, it, it's obtainable. You can do it, and, and I and I try to take that approach to it. So you um, you bring up so many good points in this, and some that we've kind of talked about in the past, and some like I I kind of like I don't feel like we've really dove into, but the the notion of um, offering a product where you're trying to be, first of all, it's impossible to be everything for everyone. You, yeah. you don't know, you know, and, and you, it, it, the onus of marketing your stuff in a way that's as like clear cut as possible, obviously, you know, falls on us as the entrepreneur, right? Like this is a kit. You're going to have an opportunity. Like, here's what we recommend, but like, you know, for those that want to make it more their own, they can, but yeah. you're, you're going to, mm -hmm. you're going to come across, I mean, I was doing the whole like, oh my gosh, kill me now when you're talking about design guides and stuff like that, because I've been, I, I, we sell predominantly kits as well. Um, and the just like coming up with a way that works for everybody's mindset and even and learning it's how to assemble stuff so is so hard. hard, right? Some people are like, I want to watch a video and follow along. Other people yeah. need that printed manual. Other people want to see yeah some combination of the two, you know, I don't know it, it. And it's just maddening. And you spend so much time and energy, yeah. you, you know, trying to do all of that stuff. So I know <laughs> yeah, you're shaking your head furiously. Oh, like, man. yeah, you get it. It's uh, Another thing in the shop that I try to do is I hate shops that you go and it's like, you know, uh, the listing is a picture Ghostbuster vector plate. And it's just, that's it. That's that's the no list. No context. And like, yeah. What and so I I probably am on I I am on the opposite end where I'm maybe a little too verbose. Okay. Because I try to pack in as much information for the the customer as possible. Right. The what I've discovered there's a lot, a lot of people in the internet age do not read anything. Oh my and god. That, <laughs> Is that so true? Holy cow, that's that's a they, struggle. And they just look at pictures. Yeah. Yeah, and um, so I run into the problem a lot of time of, of listings where I want to show this component in situ, like this is how it's used on the trap. Right. And uh, people buy something for $5 and it's like, this isn't a full ghost trap. Oh my I'm God. like, oh my God. And uh, uh, yeah. it, so says it says kit. It says kit on the thing. Yeah, yeah. It's such a constant struggle. Like, like how do I 
cover my butt, explain things well, don't explain things too much. Like, oh my mm-hmm. God, it's a, con- it's a dance. It's a constant dance. It really is. Uh, Absolutely. And and at some point, if it becomes too much of a, a headache, I, I, I we see so many makers like falling into like, it's just not worth doing this anymore, right? Like I didn't, especially yeah. when you didn't set out for this to be like your job. And then <laughs> yeah. you realize I, I just spent the last three weekends sitting in front of the TV bagging screws and like all this stuff. So I yeah. want to get into that in a second, but I want to, I want to stay with another thing that you'd said really quick. So when you're, when you were doing the design originally with 3d printing and stuff, some of the things yeah. that I was really impressed by when I got to hold and, and operate the trap at Silicon, when we were chatting uh, last year was you had started to source these really cool little parts. And I would start to be like, wait a minute, is that like a, is that like a little brass valve off of this or whatever? You, you, you were yeah. really good at finding <clears throat> some interesting off the shelf items that worked well in this design <laughs> and giving people uh, something a little bit more, uh, robust than just a printed piece of plastic yeah um i can't i can't i can take credit for finding things yeah but i can't take credit for that fully because a lot of that was i was literally matching what they used in 1984 uh because mm. they were a lot of the special effects guys they go to these junk stores and aircraft surplus stores yeah. and just grab whatever cool looking crap they could find and make something make a cool looking prop yeah so most of the stuff like that is actual accurate to the film that's cool, um though. and there's a huge community built around tracking this stuff down so gb fans is one of my favorite places to go to okay and they literally have lists of like this was the original part uh here's the part number you know and oh wow uh, the problem yeah. now the problem you run into is a lot of that stuff even if they have the part number it's so old and obscure it's yeah it's unobtainium Right. Um, yeah. So there are certain things that I have to source something very similar. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And that's, that is where my skill set comes in, like finding, like, and the skill set is basically brute forcing, uh, looking at eBay and electronic stores yeah. hour after hour after hour, yeah. scrolling through pictures. Um, and then uh, some of it is just finding, like, uh, a lot of times you can find the part, but the most easily found version of it is off the most common site that pops up and it costs 10 times as much as right like if you find like the manufacturer or like mm. some industrial supply place that sells it in bulk right uh, yeah stuff like that and um so that that's the skill set is like is like being the patience to track all this stuff down and and that is a skill set. And Andrew, I want you to talk about that because you've helped me with sourcing and stuff. Sourcing mm-hmm. as a as an entrepreneur is like a frustrating endeavor a lot of the time, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, it is a lot of work, and the re- there's research and calling and and dealing with yep. various suppliers that have different capabilities. So it's like a lot of a lot of what you're doing too is uh-huh. like you said, when you can buy in bulk, you're kind of doing a service to this community of people that would not go out and spend the 10 X or whatever that it takes, but now you're making it more affordable for people. And there are so many little neat business opportunities in just that, right? If you're going to like do the work of finding these things and creating a bill of materials, a bomb, uh, uh, like, Mm -hmm. and there is a robust enough community. There are, there are so many cool opportunities for businesses. If that is a skill set that you possess, Andrew, do you want to talk a little bit about sourcing and, and being creative yeah. in that and like where to go look for stuff that, you know, cause you, you're a wizard at it, honestly. 
I, I don't know about a wizard. I, but... <laughs> I say you're level 77 wizard. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So, Warlock. you know, really, really what it comes down to for, for most sourcing is, is it's a learning process. I think that, that you have to understand like that you might know the idea or the piece that you're looking for, but sometimes it's called something else or sometimes oh, yes. there's technical names <laughs> or, or, or whatever. And as you, as you're digging, like I think of it as like kind of, you know, it's like a research project in a sense where yeah. you're you're scratching the surface at first, you're getting some information, and then you're like, okay, I, I could take this information. Maybe I, I can add in a couple keywords. Maybe I can, you know, figure out like who are who are some of the big suppliers for these things in the specific yeah. specific uh, space. Like for us, when we're looking for some very specific reagents for making chemicals and stuff, like you know, there's the big Sigma Aldrich where we get a lot of our stuff from. But there are some specialty compounds. That you know, if you go to Sigma Aldrich, they charge out the wazoo for things. Yeah, like if we were to buy reagents Ruin from them, wazoo. it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> but and we don't need you know ultra pure reagents. We can get tactical grade, and so this is where like at the tactical very beginning grade. of Gloop, like we actually did a lot of research finding out. Oh, hey, what kind of product that we could get off the shelf that has a chemical in it that we can actually extract and actually convert into another <laughs> no chemical? Way. Creative, dude. I love that. That's Legitimately. Okay. Yeah. So, so you know, it, it comes down to under like doing a little bit of research, putting in the time, putting in the effort. Like, what is it that you're looking for? And then learning the trade names, the technical names, yeah. um, you know, specifically for items like with our industrial equipment. Um, you know, we have these these pumps that uh, actually move our reagents from large vats over into our reactors. Okay, and these like a like a peristaltic or something. To it's no. sort of, but it's it's a little bit different. There's these are air driven pumps, and okay. we have you know PTFE pistons, and they're very complicated. Oh wow! And they they're expensive because they use a lot of really high tech material, and there's some decent engineering that goes into these. But you know, there are parts on it like you know pressure regulating valves right oh you think it's a normal pressure regulator no these are not normal pressure regulators these are deionizing uh or deionized um you know material handling pressure regulators if you don't add those extra keywords you won't even get to these things yeah uh you won't even and you know you start looking at how expensive this stuff gets yeah. and then you know like for one of these pressure regulators if we were to buy it new you're talking two thousand three thousand dollars now you can get the part number you might be able to go to ebay you might be able to find things used right. but when you actually start looking at uh you know all of the components of it you can actually build one out of a bunch of other parts and so you again it's all about research of like figuring out what it is that you're trying to accomplish and yeah. kind of working backwards yeah. until you get to the simplest component and then learning the, the keywords the trade names whatever it might be and then oh, building man. up from there that's a lot of that's a lot of work too <laughs> So Sean, talk about it your is. your experience with sourcing and stuff. You're you're laughing along because I know you've been through this same path. Oh, it's yeah, like man. I didn't even know this thing was even that, called. That's on that. another level from what I'm getting. I'm getting yeah. nuts and bolts, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so here's okay. Here's some good. Here's some good tips. Uh, for, and this applies to DIYers or somebody trying to put together a little shop with their stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I and I'm sure you guys have talked about this before. McMaster Car. Yeah big industrial supply place the catalog is like this thick uh, and you cannot obtain catalogs if you go on ebay you can maybe buy a catalog for like a 100 bucks yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but 
collector's item. It's a great learning tool. That's I can't tell you how much I've learned from McMash because they have everything industrial. Right. And every single section has a blurb at the beginning, like about screws, about you know, in yeah. threaded inserts. And sure. they, it's really, really educational. It's a really good place to just learn about stuff. Yeah. And um, so that's a good place to start. But uh, the other nice thing about McMaster is most things like fasteners and everything that you can download directly from it, the 3D models. Oh, which is That's so great. That's integrated mm-hmm. into Fusion 360 now, right. but if you're not using that, yeah. it's it's great to get models mm-hmm. of things. Um, so if you're building stuff or need stand-ins or whatever. Yeah. Um, now, my... <laughs> and they'll deliver it like next day, like just yep. standard shipping. Yeah. The that the follow-up that is don't buy from McMaster Car. <laughs> <They're very expensive. laughs> like yes. that's not true. But yeah. like what I found is like fasteners and stuff like that tend to be really expensive on sure. McMaster mm-hmm. Car. Sure. So it's a great learning tool. It's a great way to find things. Um, but not uh, not everything is a great deal on there. So I still do buy certain things for the kits and stuff on McMaster, but like for like uh fasteners bolt depot bolt depot is the place to go to because they have most all the common stuff yes it's it's like a fraction of the price of mcmaster and you can buy literally one screw yeah which is very uncommon usually it's got to be like 50 20 100 whatever Mm -hmm. um and so bolt depot is my go-to for just finding just general fasteners and stuff i'll add to that uh, although you can't do the one so bolt depot is great uh, i co- i'll d- mm-hmm. totally echo that i use one called fastener superstore for our bulk Ooh. stuff i'm writing this down write this down <laughs> uh and it, so y- usually they have carton minimums right so depending on yeah. like what it is 20 2500 mm-hmm. 5000 but if you're doing stuff like sean's doing you'll burn through 5000 of these you know in no I mean, time I, it's definitely ramped up over time it's like oh i'll buy enough for 50 50 kits, 100 kits. Yeah, it's just. But my God, did you, yeah. you, you have that notion, you and your wife, you know, sitting down? It's like, you don't realize like how much a hundred of something really is until you have oh. to like put them into a bag and you're uh, like, no. And then, uh, and then, yeah. Have you started playing with mm-hmm. like uh, those automated uh, screw counters yet or vibe, oh, yeah. vibe so, bowls and all that? So this is a good thing. This, yeah. I think uh, when you're doing this stuff, you need to be brutally honest with yourself it's like is this particular thing worth offering or making yes and there have been things Mm -hmm. in the past that i had in the shop and i'm like i love i love this going out into the world and i love this getting into people's hands but it is not worth the effort uh or or time to do it it's just not enough return on investment Mm -hmm. um and and like i said you have to calculate in your time with that so yeah sometimes it's just like not caring this anymore or sometimes you got to figure out better ways to do it so counting screws for example in the early days it was literally like you You were doing and then you're like i'm gonna weigh these i I have looked into i have uh basically what i use now are counting scales yeah um, so that's mm-hmm. a, there, there are counting machines, but then you're talking about big bulky stuff and expensive. And I cannot justify the cost of those at this stage in my 
Okay, shot. I'm going to give you another pro tip here. Uh, yeah, and it, because we, it's funny because these are like the stages of stages of grief, <laughs> but for like kidding. Um, so yeah. so we we're, we were the same way. It's like at first it was like hand counting because it was just like, oh, you only needed 10 of these or whatever. And then you realize yeah. like as demand ramps up, you kind of, and th this is okay, guys, too. Like I think you should actually mm -hmm. go through this process to get a like a better feel for that. But um, mm -hmm. same thing, got counting scales, got kind of, okay, how can we get even better? If you go on eBay and you search for screw counting machines, this doesn't work for all fasteners, but yeah. for a mm -hmm. lot of like socket heads and stuff like that, for about 180 to 200 yeah. bucks, there's these just little clever uh, rotary wheel vibratory things, like actually pretty reasonably priced and an yeah. optical sensor, and it'll just kind of shovel them out into a bucket and you can just say count 100 for me and stuff. So that... Mm -hmm opens up some interesting opportunities. I've looked at either pairing that with like a rotary carousel. Yeah. Sean, we yeah. got to talk a little bit more about this because we do a lot oh, of yeah, that stuff. I loved, yeah. I'd and it's, it. I geek yeah. out on the automation side so, of things. So finding, finding tools like the yeah. counting scales were a cheap, easy way, right. like, mm -hmm. like 10 bucks or less on, on Amazon. And I got like six of them laid out yeah. and that, that really sped things up and that really helps a lot. So yeah. like that, I, I 3D printed special little trays with the same thing. on them yep, to put yep. it in the bag. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Like yep. dumb stuff <laughs> like that. Like it, it's amazing how much easier it makes and how much less painful. Um, the number one thing that I bought, which is like a game changer, was I, I offer all these the you know, the proton packs for Ghostbusters have all these this tubing on it. Yeah. And I was cutting it by hand. I was about, I was like, that this blows. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I found a, I got a tubing machine. cutter. Yeah. I've yep. got one and too. I, got, I love that thing. And I got, I found a thousand dollar tubing cutter for a hundred bucks on oh, eBay because it was broken. Yeah. Yeah. So I looked up the company. They're, they're in like Minnesota. I was like, do you guys service this? How much would it cost to service? And they're like, here's the max it would cost. Like if it was like just destroyed. Yeah. I'm like, all right. So I bought the hundred dollar broken tubing cutter. Yeah. It weighs, it's only like this big, but it weighs like 20 pounds. Cause it's got like a steel plate yeah. in it like that. <laughs> and yeah. um, I sent it off, uh, got it serviced for 400 bucks. So I got like a thousand dollar tubing cutter for 500 bucks total. And like, it's always like, Oh my God. Winning. That's a win. That uh, was your win. Yeah. So mm -hmm. so like just looking for ways to, um, to to use up less of your time right. because like that's like i'll repeat it again not enough people calculate their time put in on 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 doing this stuff and yeah let's um so let's, evaluating things that you are not worth the time and finding ways to make things easier and quicker to put together fantastic advice let's stay let's stay mm -hmm. on the valuing of time and we've had episodes dedicated to this before oh, yes. and we will have them in the future as well because it's like this is the one thing that we need everybody as a maker to hear like you need to value your time properly it's uh it's the same thing for artists mm -hmm. and all of this stuff like you're doing a disservice to the greater community <laughs> when you give away your services and your time and you allow the people that complain sean how many times have people said like all right i can source all these parts for like only ten dollars and I, like why are you charging a hundred dollars for that because i had to bag them all you know like i, spent, I, I have my beeper finding them on the internet i i spent hundreds of dollars buying giant bulk bags of them yeah and then i sit and wipe all the oil off of them and then i sit oh and, and count hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them yeah 
because yeah pay yep. me for my time yeah it, the, it, and the, that's the other thing in the maker world too it's like if there's one thing i, I just want to shout into the void like endlessly it's like the the cost of a product is so much more than the sum of its parts like it's yeah. not mm-hmm. just material cost it's yeah. in fact that is a small fraction right like when you look at especially if you're talking about labor in california uh or the bay oh. area of california <laughs> i grew up in the bay area so i know full well what sean's talking about when he's yeah. like it is an expensive place to live and work um and that's mm-hmm. why we don't see a lot of manufacturing and stuff so we're like we're trying to play in that space where it's like all a lot of these jobs have been automated or outsourced to China, but there's not enough demand, but there is demand. And you're like, we're, we're in this Mm -hmm. weird, like in the wilderness, in the Rubicon here, uh, in some of these things where it's successful, but it's not quite successful enough. And you're not quite sure if it's going to work and grow. I don't know. Um, what what are your feels on? (laughs) Like I threw a ton at you there. The, the sum of the yeah. parts, the bomb. I mean, Talk about that, because I know you've heard that before. What's that? The people saying, like, how do you charge so much for this because oh, the yeah. bomb I, is not that big? I do get that, and my response is – so, like I said, I release the 3D files for free. And so <laughs> part of worse. it is that – so I release the 3D files for free, and it includes a hardware list. Like, these are the nuts and bolts you need. Yeah. So my response to that is like the the list is in the the 3D files. Go go the town, like go find them. <laughs> mm-hmm. And what and I and I did the research and like and like to go out and like get all those individual nuts and bolts and pay the shipping and everything. Like the, all of a sudden, my prices for the kit is actually not unreasonable at all. Um, and and um, and the fact that just the time you're going to spend trying to hunt down all these parts, right. Um, is mm-hmm. difficult and um and like you know i'm like so like my response is kind of like well the the parts list is there go, like go for it and then then there are times when that like like a few weeks later that person circles back around and buys the kit yeah uh, oh, and, <laughs> and, and that's part of the, my was my thinking with offering this stuff is that i'm really busy and like life is crazy and like I love building things, but man, I do not have that. I just want, I just like, I want it like to be a Lego kit. Like here, just build this. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And I try to approach the stuff I'm offering like that is like, you don't have to spend the time reading through prop forums and figuring right. out what to get. Like, this is, this is what you need and go have fun. Um, and, and so that's kind of the approach <laughs> on that as well. And um, yeah, like I, I you know, it, it it is what it is it and and there are times what another good example is like i sell door mechanism kits for the the doors that open and close on right. me on yeah. thing and i include the servos with it okay and that is because what I, originally i didn't because that's one of the bigger expenses of the kit right mm-hmm. and what I was finding, so the the programming that I re- I released the Arduino code for free. So if you just want to go mess around and figure it out, you can. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. But it's written for analog servos. So all of these people were buying digital servos, which doesn't mm. work with the code at all. And they're like, I bought your kit and this thing doesn't work. And I'm like, I'm like, what? I don't. And I'm trying to troubleshoot this via email. And I'm not an electronics guy. So like my help there is limited. Yeah. And like I finally figured out what was going on. I'm like, oh, there's a variable I didn't think about. 
So I just now only sell them with the servos and people are like, yeah, can I buy the kit without the servos? I'm like, nope, sorry. I'm sorry. I can't, I can't guarantee your results then. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yep. We get, I, we've, we've had kits that, that are, I've, I've very like explicitly disclaimed like these, this is an open source project. We offer no support. Like here is the plan. Uh, and I've said in the past too, like the customer support, mm -hmm. like, and the amount of time, cause you want to talk about like time suck potentially think yep, about yeah. how many emails you, you're getting. It's like, you're sharing what you've learned and you want to see this community succeed and you're happy about that. But I guarantee you, you probably have the same feels I do. It's like, I don't want to be answering emails around this. I would actually like offer a lot of the things that we do at less of a price. If I didn't have to do all the documentation, I'm like, Hey, if you just uh, want to figure this uh, out, like, here you go. You can have like, you can have it cheaper because I don't want to deal with that. But um, <laughs> to go back to the cut, you do have to offer some degree of customer support. Obviously, people's skills sure. vary wildly, right? Yeah. So some people yeah. have way more uh, ability to figure it out on their own. And other people are like, you know, that little scene in A Bug's Life where it's like the stick falls in front of them and they're like, I'm lost. Like, I can't like and, mm -hmm. and it, yeah. it's so hard to deal with that breadth of audience. So tell it me, is. tell me what it is, how you approach your customer service with this, given again, that this wasn't uh, really what you set up and intended to do. originally. Yeah. So I try to put in, in as many safeguards as possible. Uh, to circumvent that because the problem I run into is this shop originally started as parts for my 3d printed trap then spirit Halloween and Walmart put out a a nice little like $40 ghost trap replica and it's and it was great people who wanted a ghost trap could get get something that looked reasonably okay for cheap yeah but it created a whole new thing where it's like Hey, do these parts that you're selling for your trap work on the spirit trap? And I'm like, oh. Mm. <laughs> but I kept getting more and more questions about it. I'm like, and then mm -hmm. you see, like, oh, there's some potential to maybe make some more sales that way. Right. Yeah. But that means I got to go buy a whole bunch of spirit traps and figure out how they work and oh, figure man. out if it does work with that. Yeah. Do I want to do that? And so sometimes I put a disclaimer like, does not work with spirit trap, or like, you have to like, yeah add in all mm -hmm. these layers of like and even then they won't read this. it sure yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work with this but once again yeah. people don't read a lot of the time so yeah. that is what that's 50 yep. so yeah. it's inevitably somebody buys like i bought this and it doesn't fit on my spirit trap i'm like i'm sorry but please read the very first line of the listing does not work with spirit trap and i'm like i'm, I'm happy to take the return so that happens sometimes um, um have you quick question so, on that and, i've run into yeah. the same thing I've actually started considering like actually putting the text on the image. If it's like a substantial enough that's, warning that's where it's exactly like, my wife told me to do honestly, yeah. like, and even then somehow yeah. people would probably still miss it. I'm like, I'm like, I was, it was a big, like, Oh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. But, I should do that. It's just another layer of work though. Yeah. I know. Um, and handholding. And the other thing, um, go ahead. This, okay. This is a overall Etsy is a pretty good, platform okay. i really i'm to the point where i need to move on to something else uh, however what like because one of my biggest problems with etsy is i have a very complicated like it's complicated there's lots of kits it goes with my 3d printed trap i can't mm -hmm. post the 3d files on etsy if they're free uh it's just like it's, it's super annoying and complicated and there 
technically X Etsy has a section where you can create an FAQ, but it's worthless because it's buried. There's no button anywhere for it. It's buried at the very end of the year. Like you got to scroll through uh, the yeah. top. So I, you, sometimes you got to figure out ways to cheat the system. Like, so I created a listing. Yeah. That is the FAQ. So it's the very first listing on the shop. It has an image that says ghost GB parts FAQ. It's not a, it's and it's just an easy way for people to read through things and it links to all the other kits in the shop right you've, you've created a little hack so you gotta yeah. you gotta figure out ways to do to do that it would be easier if i had my own website that i could tailor it however i wanted um but that's the best i could do on etsy okay so so that's a great thing so two questions for you one mm -hmm. uh mars gizmo asked what percentage of your time do you think goes into the support uh for this surprisingly not as much as i would have thought um, then you're doing a good I, job my friend i, was I saying, think yeah. well i think part of that is one of the things that i did is like i said for every thing that i put out there's almost always a guide like like a picture write up like how to do it how to walk through mm -hmm. and that really really went a long way to not getting as many questions because i tried to write a clear concise make sense guide and most people seem to 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 muddle through with it okay okay um i i it i've had a huge uptick because hasbro released a proton pack of their own mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and oh. then adam put it on tested and he did a, bun of, a bunch of his own upgrades for it right and i've been bombarded with people Every time another light shines on the project, uh, right? The yeah. problem I run into is I carry parts for my trap and I carry generic Ghostbusters parts. Yeah. And everybody mm -hmm. came there thinking I was a Hasbro pack shop and <laughs> okay. not understanding why they bought everything that I had and it doesn't work with the pack. And then it, I had the back put, I was like, oh my God, I see what's happening here. So then I had to put all disclaimers and more information in every single listing that this ah. will work. This won't work. I don't own a HasLab pack. I don't know what to tell you. Oh like, gosh. so unforeseen consequences uh, pop up like that. And, and, and that, that created a lot of, uh, I was just answering messages and emails like bonkers. And um, so I have canned responses for a lot of that, that you can save on Etsy, for example. Sure. Um, so, and then that's the other reason I created the FAQ. Like I kept getting these same questions over and over and over again. And I'm, so I'll just like, please see this section of the FAQ. If you have more questions, don't hesitate to ask. Yeah. Um, and uh, that, those are the things that I tried to do to, but you know, yeah. And, so let's let's talk about Etsy for a second. That was my second question. Um, I, I I flippantly love to say to people like be better than Etsy because there's a lot mm -hmm. of frustration. I I completely understand that it is a very easy, low hanging fruit place to get your start, and we see a lot of makers. Yep. Starting there because like they don't want to waste time. We talk about minimum viable product on this podcast a lot. And yeah. so yeah. as a starting point, I have no problem with it or or whatever mm -hmm. your platform might be. Maybe it's Tindy Makerspace. Maybe it's any of those things, right? Just yeah. get it out there and focus on on getting some attention and stuff first. But my question for you is what are the indicators for people to know when they've grown beyond the needs of these like off the shelf platforms? This is kind of another way of looking at this. Are we reinventing the wheel? We don't want to spend time creating a custom yeah. website, mm -hmm. but yeah. there's probably something in between as well. What do you think, Sean? Um, well, so the reason I started with Etsy, so this is like 
my original Etsy shop was 2013. And at that time, there really wasn't there wasn't a ton of options for yeah. starting up your own shop. Yeah. Sure. I mean, there there mm-hmm. were other things, but a lot of them I hadn't heard of, or like they weren't as there weren't as many options for setting up your shop as Etsy. Sure. And, stuff. and Etsy was very uh it, it still is, but like very at that point, Etsy was hardcore, like arts and crafts, like yeah. It was like kind of a weird crafted. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was the best alternative that I could find to 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 get my stuff out there. Sure. But that's why that's why I I started with it, and they have increased their uh, platform, like the 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 options on the shop platform. And overall, it's really it's not too bad. Okay. As far as setting up things or whatever, the problem I'm running into is dumb limitations that, like for example, like. The FAQs, the yeah, the, yeah. the FAQs, mm-hmm. or like you can't you can't have something in your shop that's sold out, which is a constant frustration. So like, how can you not be sold out? <laughs> right, because it's because Etsy originally started as arts and crafts, so like it's it's a one off beautiful Afghan, that ah. so there's mm-hmm. never going to be one like it. There's no inventory mechanism, yep. right? So now I can you can list something and say there's a quantity of twenty. Right. But when that reaches zero, it won't. It just completely disappears from your shop, uh, which is a, yep. is a nightmare because the, mm-hmm. I the didn't know one, that. Okay. Yeah, the, probably the number one thing I have to deal with is people's like, "Hey, this thing, are, this thing's gone from your shop. Uh, did, did you stop carrying it? Are you gonna have it again?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's on back order. I just can't list it as it's just it's just stupid." Yeah. And I, one of the other things that I, I refuse to take pre-orders, I will not sell anything mm. that I do not have on hand man, because I've it been, stresses mm-hmm. me out. I've been bit by that bug multiple <laughs> um, times, man. So, I hear you. <laughs> so it's, it's, that's my number one biggest annoyance with Etsy is that you cannot uh, list something as, as zero inventory. It just disappears. Yeah. And mm. that causes all kinds of problems because Etsy does allow you to link to other listings within, Etsy. you know, other oh, listings. Okay. So I'm like, so like I'm like if you're buying this you might want this to go with it. Yeah. So it's a all of a sudden it's a dead link because right. it's, it's out of stock right now. It's so stupid. Well, and that's a manual process. Yeah. So a, a, a true yeah. e-commerce package is going to allow you to cro- do cross sells, upsell linkages, all exactly. kinds of other and stuff. And then like yeah, it yeah, restricts yeah. you you can create categories so like proton right. pack, ghost trap, right. but it only allows you to do one category per item. Yeah. So like things that might show up in both for a proton pack and a trap that can't do it. And it's like, this is so stupid. Yeah. Um, I sell a, a smoke pump for the ghost trap. Now it's no, it uses e-cigarettes. I do not sell e-cigarettes. Yeah. It's a, it's a pump with yeah. tubing mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and yeah. that continually is delisted because it has the word smoke in it. Uh-huh. And like, we don't allow vaping products on our site. I'm like, Oh my God. Somebody's uh, gonna just, turn your ghost trap into a bong. Yeah, and, uh, so dumb, yeah. Dumb stuff like that, you you fight against a lot. Um, and I am to the point where I need to move to a different platform. Right. I just haven't figured mm-hmm. out what that is yet, and it's such a huge undertaking. And like I said, this I, this isn't my full time job. Yep. it's something I'm doing on the side. Like I'm my my actual personal like website yeah. is is the blog that I started in grad school to document my build progress and it's a 
freaking disaster. And like, I just haven't, had, I, I haven't had time to fix either of those things. Let me tell you something, my friend. I, yeah. I, I, I told you I was a web developer in the past. Like the last website I ever had time to work on was my own. And so it was like an embarrassment, like how oh. old and antiquated it was compared to some of the oh, yeah. high tech stuff I was doing all over the place. So I completely understand that, that feeling, but yeah. Again, minimum viable product. Sometimes just having a place for the information to get out is good. You're off to a good start. You have semi-workable mm-hmm. solution, but obviously you've identified yeah. some limitations. I, there's some people making some suggestions in the chat. I have no idea if these are any good or not, but they're saying that maybe there's the, the premium version of uh, Etsy might unlock some additional features. No, garbage. I, it's, it's okay. <laughs> Sean says, yeah. Andrew, uh, Sean says your idea is garbage. No, okay. no, and, no and that is, that, technically that is good. And, and, and he was right. I actually signed up for that. So they offer like an upgrade package yeah. for Etsy where you can show things out of stock. However, the only way that works is if it truly, truly sells out. Uh, so let's say, let's uh, say your inventory count was off. Yeah. Right. So you thought you had five, but you only had four. So you sell out, you, you're, you're sold out, but there's one listed in the shop still so you're like okay i'll just yeah de- i'll just mark that you know deactivate yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. well it doesn't if you do that manually it's just gone then it doesn't show sold out the only way it will show sold out on the page is if it truly sells <laughs> out on Etsy. and i'm just like you guys you introduce something that seems good and then you mess it just up didn't get it right um, and so i did i did try that out and i was just like oh my god uh, uh, so that's frustrating. etsy etsy is is a good starting spot it has a lot of good things going for it but i have out i i you've need to move it. on to something else you've outgrown mm-hmm. it well uh i'm sure you've done you know the research and stuff uh it, the good news for you my friend is there are so many better options I, in this day and age than there oh, ever were before there's almost, almost too many now i'm right. like oh god i don't know mm-hmm. i'm a bit advocate yep. i'm a big advocate for shopify uh we use that um and it handles it, it's not perfect i think any number of these things are going to have their weird quirky limitations yeah. mm-hmm. so you're never going to get it entirely right but yeah. i i will say that i am impressed with how much improvement that i've seen shopify even put into the system since we've started with it for like that's, incre- that's always a good like sign. they're developing yeah. it right and yeah. and mm-hmm. at the same price like they haven't been hitting us with the same cost increase so i know a lot of the complaints about etsy too is like the fees are going up and like oh, yeah. the value is going down and, mm-hmm. but obviously you can do uh it, there's a lot of e-commerce packages on top of wordpress and um yeah, squarespace and wix and you know yeah, all those things right all that i've looked at and like i just haven't I haven't just got to figure out which one yet. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Just got to do it. Well, you know, maybe this is one of those things where it's like, maybe you're better off just like finding somebody that can just like port the listings over copy paste, you know, do a little copy pasta. Who knows? Like there's, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I know. I know. I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, listen, I know we're, we're moving over our hour and I appreciate your flexibility on our time. So let's like kind of start to wrap up here because I mean, this is just one of those subjects where it's just like, we could revisit this multiple times and whatnot. Oh, yeah. But mm-hmm. um, you've you've done a phenomenal job of like giving some great pro tips, talking about some things, talking about sourcing components, thinking outside of the box, spending a little time to research and educate yourself on naming conventions and stuff like that, so that you're not trying to just develop something that could be easily done. We didn't even get into your fabricating of stuff because I know you offer stuff where uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You're either CNC or laser cutting some of the components. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, right? Okay, well, real quick, uh, this yeah. is a good. I, I recently started uh, using Send Cut Send. Oh yeah, which is okay. Amazing. You, they basically basically you upload a vector file. They will laser cut metal, plastic, uh, you know, whatever, and they will even do bending, tapping, and threading and stuff like that. And what impressed me about them was the the pricing. Uh, so we uh, See it in the background over there. We did the ghost trap, uh, remote control ghost trap for tested. Yeah. And the, so it has aluminum plates on the front and side like this, you know, plate, metal mm -hmm. plate here. Yeah. So I got metal plates. So front sides, top plate, bar graph plate, uh, and bumpers. Yeah. For three remote control traps made for uh, around a hundred bucks. And they turned it around in a week. That's amazing wow. for that, something custom like that. I was blown away. Yeah, like I was yeah, like, yeah, holy yeah. cow. So I started dipping for years. People have been asking me for real metal plates for the trap. Sure. What I've been doing is there's a really good uh, stuff called metal graph, which is a faux it's laser cuttable. It's got a silver plastic core uh -huh, and then uh -huh. like a, a very thin metal veneer on it. Yeah. They look mm -hmm. great. Yeah. And they laser cut nice. Um, so I've been doing those for years. Um, because I didn't have access to do them for real. Yeah. So I did a test run with Suncut Send of real metal plates. They turned out great. I the price point was that I could sell them for just a little bit more than the fake ones. And yeah. so I'm like, done. And now you don't have to or, cut them nice. anymore. Nice. Yeah. Or yeah. like dumb stuff, like other things to think about, like uh, the, the 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 handles for the ghost trap are yeah. metal. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I would sit. I would sit and cut all of these by hand. And drill holes mm -hmm. in them by hand. And I was like, this sucks. <laughs> them. So I found a local metal shop that will cut the tubing for me and deburr it. And it it technically it's three times as much as what I was paying before, which is the raw materials. Right. But I'm like, wait, I'm set saving hours of time. Yeah. It's totally worth it. Yeah. So I started mm -hmm. doing that, or like I sell for the electronics kits, I sell two-inch brass rods. Yeah. that are the contacts. Yeah, I found a place online that will cut them once again three times as much as what I was paying, which was like twenty cents. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, totally worth it. Yeah, find stuff like that, and it's getting easier to find uh, with the internet and like shops mm -hmm. popping up on internet. Right. Um, sometimes you, and and don't I talk myself out of it a lot because like, oh, there's no way that's going to be cheaper. You, Mm -hmm. be surprised i've been surprised multiple we use emt as the basis of some of the parts on our thing so the the conduit tubing obviously familiar and i've gone through the same exact part where we were like manually chopping them and i'm like this is not we're using a pipe cutter or whatever yeah but... um i can't quite afford a swiss swiss lathe to automate that whole process <laughs> yet but you know found a machinist that was doing it at a reasonable price and when i started factoring in what the actual value of my time was I was like, like oh, mm -hmm. yeah, this is actually a better choice. Yeah. And it frees um, you up for other stuff. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's great tip, man. I'm glad. It sounds like we're kindred spirits in a lot of these <laughs> in a lot of these journeys and stuff. And I uh, thank you for sharing those with us. Oh, absolutely. Well, thanks. It's fun. To, you don't talk get to talk about this kind of stuff too much, but I know. I think it's I think it's useful and helpful even whether you're just a maker or 
trying to sell a little something on the side. Well, you know? listen, yeah. I was saying pre-show, or I was trying to talk Jen into this, but if we end up doing a panel on maker entrepreneurship, you know, kind of starting a business stuff, I would love to have you with us for that because sure. I think there's a lot of interest in this kind of thing. And these, these little tips, I think, I mean, I wish somebody told me this stuff when I was getting started. Yeah. Um, and so hopefully we, maybe we can do something like that at Silicon or at another show, yeah. uh, coming up. Um, I know there's another number of opportunities in the barrier and, uh, uh, and beyond. So who knows what the future brings That's with that fun. said, anything you want to tease, uh, you know, that you're working on, you're excited about things coming up that you're showing off. Uh, um, I, so in the shop, I've been, <laughs> I, um, I've my shop is a little empty right now because I got I got cleaned out after Adam put his proton pack thing on there. Yep. So I'm working on restocking. <laughs> I've been working on offering more stuff, but like I am working on uh, one of the number one things I get asked for is is uh, ghost trap pedal kits. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. everybody buys a spirit trap and they don't have a pedal. So I am actually working on uh, working towards offering full pedal kits, like all the parts, not just like the hardware. And that's some, I'm working on that. I'm getting very close to that. And down the line, I I do plan on offering full ghost trap kits. I'm just working out the details on the best way to do that. Okay. Um. So and I and I just got my friend Mel uh, working on uh, upgraded electronics. Uh, we're gonna release some updated code here soon for free. And um and hopefully maybe some drop in electronics like way down the road. Oh man, so. that would be slick. Awesome. Is, is there a link? I think you've got some video from the tested uh video. You send me that link so we can put it in the description so people can see this thing like oh, in yeah. all of yeah. its glory. And if sure. you guys are interested in this, first of all, uh, support your local maker. Go check out Sean's stuff. He's got more than just ghost traps as well, guys. He's a very talented yeah, designer maker little, and stuff. Yeah, He's, he dabbles in a lot of things. Uh, go check him out. Uh, and um, man, this has been fantastic. We're gonna have to have you back some point, and we can, you know, do oh, a yeah. do a this catch up. Fun. Yeah, I, I like that. I, I like, I do like helping people out and like and like learn from our mistakes and misery. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, Sh- our shared misery, our shared, uh, as Amy loves to say, like we we all bond over our shared trauma. You know, like uh, stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's very. Uh, true uh, yeah. especially and, with makers. Oh, here's one last thing that i i wanted to mention um before we go yeah is i know like the floor is yours like i said i have the advantage of i i'm on tested and i know that that is an advantage to me that i get mentioned and sometimes they link to the shop or or i will present something that i later have on the shop and that's a huge advantage over a lot of people but um one of my suggestions if you're doing this kind of stuff like how do you get noticed like like there's so much stuff on etsy yes like it can be like you look up and Mm -hmm. it's like you're just page after page of the same stuff yep and one of my suggestions is search out the specialized user groups forums stuff like that 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 would directly appeal to like and that's Mm. start posting stuff on there yes because that that is a captive audience like that is like directly who wants your stuff and that's a a long way to getting you noticed i think so like the facebook groups the user forums like i go on gb fans that's like a built-in like they want ghost traps you know so like Mm, if you're if you're making something like who would want who specifically would want this and search out those specific communities and and 
don't be obnoxious about it, but like at, you know, get yourself mm-hmm. out there and, 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 and let them know that you have it because they just may not know that it exists. You know, I'm really glad you said that because that seems like an obvious thing when it's, when you hear it said out loud, but you'd be surprised because in this day and age, like everybody's thinking like, oh, well, I got to put my stuff on YouTube and social media and stuff like that. And none of that is targeted in the way that it needs to be for business. Right. So if you're just Mm -hmm. making content and trying to get, build, you know, a personal brand, that's a completely different thing than what you're doing where you, you, you know, sniping guys, not just like shouting because Otherwise, you know, you're just shouting into the void and everybody's trying to get yep. noticed. Yeah. And even being a known, like I'm known in the ghost specialist community and stuff like that. And I'll, I'll put something that's like, oh, this is going to be awesome. People are going to love this. And it's yeah. like crickets. I'm like, huh, I really thought that this yeah. was like, and then, so then I'll hop over the GB fans and just be like in yeah. the, in the for sale section, I'll be like, Hey, I just threw these up in my shop. If anybody's looking, it's like, like it, like <laughs> they just didn't know. Like, and like, I have like 4,000 Twitter followers, which isn't a ton, but it's not shabby. Sure. And I'll, I'll always post on that and everything. And yeah. sometimes like just nothing crickets. Yeah. And then, but I go to the specific like targeted mm-hmm. communities and right. then like, all right. And then, then they start chatting amongst themselves and letting their friends know. And then it's like, I sell out. Right. So like, think about it that way. Like it is, is this something that you, you could, find a target like the right places to go to and not just like putting your keywords and seo and absolutely sure like like just Mm -hmm. go the direct right like go like this is sales and marketing in the modern age like go to where your people are don't wait it's not if you build it they will come like you can do the best seo and stuff and then you're just waiting for people to find you like be proactive is perfectly Mm -hmm. great advice that that was just one no that's fantastic thank you thank you for for sharing that uh my friend I wish you a a great weekend. Uh, Thank you so much. I found this very inspiring. Uh, Best of luck with all of your stuff. If there's anything that we can do to help shine a light, we love doing that. Um, And, and uh, you know, stay in touch and let's, uh, let's do it again. Do it again soon. All right. right. Everybody in the chat, thank you for joining us. We will catch you again next week for another awesome uh, episode of maker that money. Next week we have Jason Dory, founder of light uh, Lightburn, uh, nice. the awesome software for laser cutting and stuff like that. And he's going to give us his origin story and uh, maker I'll, history I'll and all that, that stuff. <laughs> uh, and an overall cool guy uh, uh, to be with. So that we got mm-hmm. that to look forward to. We got some exciting get. We got Sophie Wong coming up uh, the weekend week after that. So that's a huge get as well. Uh, lots of awesome stuff to talk about coming up next time. Everybody bring a friend. Keep sending us the questions. Keep sending us your feedback. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. Our handles are all here. We got Sean's up there. We got Andrew's and mine. Uh, <laughs> everyone have a fantastic weekend, and we will catch you on the next Maker That Money. Till then, Pooch, Andrew, and Sean, signing off. Bye bye, everybody. See ya. <laughs>